Welcome to the future. Technologies and innovations that sculpt our industry. Learn more about the legal implications of generative AI at BloombergLaw.com. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. We're hanging out with Donald Thomas. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about ChatGPT and how it has evolved and potential uses for it in ways that we can utilize it in our own HVACR industry. So tell us a little bit about um, your involvement in the industry and what ChatGPT has been able to do for you. I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. I, by trade, I'm a building inspector. Right. So, do a lot of inspections on HVAC equipment. Not just any building inspector, though. Not just any equipment. No, just not just any equipment. But you know, I do a lot of commercial building inspection. Do some residential as well. Now, building on that, I've been a college professor in community college level for over 20 years. I, you know, I teach HVAC, drafting design, you know, a variety of other topics. And one of the things that I've been successful at is trying to get young folks more involved in the trades and, 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 and having, you know, showing them that being a tradesman is actually a rewarding career. That's and, an amazing um, one, isn't it? Yeah. So, so um, that's a little bit about myself. I guess with ChatGPT, about in September, one of my students at the end of class came to me and they showed me this app that they, well, they, they had it on their phone. They said, look, Mr. Thomas, look what this thing can do. He kind of, he gave me my first touch of chat GPT. And I, I said, well, gosh, this is, that's interesting. Yeah. Th this is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I went online, I learned as much as I can about it. And I found it to be an amazing tool. And I think it has a lot of potential to help us in the HVAC industry, but like anything else, it's still evolving. So. Exactly. There's and there's a lot to learn about it. You know, what are its capabilities? Yeah, I, I would say that for the folks interested in Chat GPT, it's it's what they call it is a generative language model. So basically, what it does is it reads a variety of text that was written. You know, it could have been written 500 years ago, even exactly. longer. But if it's published on the internet, it has access to it. So what it does is it collects all this information and, and based on how it was programmed, you ask it a question and it tries to assemble it in a way that they, it, the program would probably feel it would be useful to you and it shares that with you. So if you have some questions on ChatGPT, you can go ahead and fire them at me and I'll do the best I can. Sure. So where was ChatGPT created? Well, ChatGPT was actually created by a company in California called OpenAI. Now, OpenAI has been kind of um, dealing, you know, kind of building this program for about several years. I think about in May or June of 2022, they sort of felt that it was about ready to be launched. And so what they did was they set up a meeting with um, Bill Gates of Microsoft. And they said, well, Bill, we got this thing and we want you to look at it. And he came to Washington State and they ran it in front of Microsoft, ran it in front of Bill Gates and the rest of his executives. And at first, Bill Gates was not sold on it because he has tried this AI bot stuff before and it ended up not being 
that successful for him. But then, you know, the open AI really blew his mind because he kind of saw the potential on it. So at that point, right there, right around that summer, the same time, Bill Gates said, well, I'm all in. And they got a stable version together to release around November of last year. And then they that was Chat GPT 3 or 3.5 or whatever. And then they're, sure. now they're up to Chat GPT 4. Now, now, now Chat GPT, it, they stopped putting information in it as far as what you can research up until September of 2021. So anything. That's interesting. So, I've so actually it, had that. So I was doing a little research project and I was trying to find some information and it said that there was nothing available as of the print date of September, 2021. So that, okay. That, that makes things uh, yeah. into a bigger perspective. Okay. Now, now what you could do now, and, and I found this to kind of work now, now before I get into that, I, I guess people have talked about whether or not, you know, chat GPT is alive or ascension in any way. And, and it would almost seem that way because it's trained to talk just like the way we're talking in this podcast. Right. And it's taught is trained to teach talk in a conversational way. So, but it, it, it's like anything else. It can probably tell you the weather it, you know, based on its programming or the weather patterns of a certain area. And even if, even if it were programmed up until today, it wouldn't understand that, say, for instance, the weather is this in Virginia where I am now. These type of flowers should be blooming and these type of plants should be growing and, and all the other things that, that make the human more well-rounded to its surroundings. It doesn't sure. know what your surroundings are. It's, it's just putting in information. I would say, will it ever get to the point where ascension? Well, I hope not. But then <laughs> <laughs> we would be outdated. <laughs> yes, but I'd look at it as a tool, Absolutely. just like a hammer yep. or a drill, anything like that. And exactly you, right. So do I. And based on how you use it, you can be very productive with it. Well, let's yeah. talk about some best case uses that you have found since you have this much experience with it. I too use ChatGPT. So for those of you that follow our teaching tips newsletter that comes out of HVAC Excellence on Tuesdays, those summaries are written through ChatGPT. So I'll typically create a topic and then ask for it to extend that into a longer version. Or if I am promoting a product like uh, say our friends over at Fieldpiece, They'll provide me with a video of a procedure, and then I have a long description of that video. I may take that long description, put it in a chat GPT, ask for a summary, and then have a shorter condensed version of the same content. So as long as I'm using it in the correct context, I tend to like using chat GPT, but I've not experimented with too many of the different ways that you can utilize that. So let's talk about some that have worked well for you. Well, I, I found it to do well with things such as business letters, resume writing, I guess more of, of your general business application. Sure, professional delivery. Yeah, so I found it to be, work pretty well with that. And, and I also found it to be very successful with maybe providing you insight on something that you might be interested in as far as something in your career field. Now, what I have done with ChatGPT was that if if I'm you know being a building inspector, sometimes I'm 
kind of um, in situations to perform an inspection and I need a, a way to frame my approach. Now, I would put this in the chat GPT and what, what, what some people might not realize about chat GPT, they think you can just answer, ask it a, just a, a straight up question and you'll get this answer and you say, well, gosh, it doesn't know what it's talking about right. because this is not, but what you have to do is you have to kind of that particular prompt. And I guess that's what chat GPT calls it. When you, when you engage in dialogue in that prompt, you're actually training that prompt based on the questions you're asking it. So what you're trying to do at that point is actually train it to frame your question. So say for instance, if, if, if I was a, um, television salesman, so to speak, or, or a, re a salesman in a department store. And then, you know, I wanted to promote a product to customers coming in the store, explaining them this new feature, new type of television that we have and all these different features. Okay. What, you, what you would do is tell ChatGPT to place itself in the role of something, something like a store salesman or a college professor or a technology expert or CEO of a business. So what, when you do that, what it does is it kind of frames the question and gives you something more um, what you might want. Mm -hmm. So what I found to work best is that instead of just asking one question, you might ask a series of questions. And if you don't get the answer you want, you go back in the chat GPT and say, well, focusing on this area, say for instance, I'm, if, if it was a, a building inspection, I'm actually focusing on ventilation. I would say, well, I'm actually focusing on ventilation, more specifically exhaust ventilation, because I'm working in a room with gas appliances. So, uh, so when I do that, it kind of channels its insight more in that than something that might not pertain to that. So I found it to be very beneficial in helping you frame an idea is a good way to put it or frame and I'll give you insight on how to approach a problem. Okay. So you're creating additional dialogue, just more input for the machine to be able to create some output. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. I think that would be a, an excellent way to kind of say that. What I've I, what I did, you know, here recently was that I had to do a roof inspection. And um, first, my first sentence was, how should I do a roof inspection? And I put it in the chat GPT and it just gave me. The oh, little, that simple question. How do I do a roof inspection? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it gave me, it gave me a whole bunch of information that probably it was trying to like maybe write the King James Bible. It wasn't defined <laughs> enough. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I've, I've seen those responses went, okay. Uh, yeah, but for me to do anything, but then I kind of framed it in a way I told them, you know, I mentioned that the construction type, the material used, and I gave it some background information because this was actually a commercial roof. Now, once I did that and I framed it more in that light, it summarized the, the response a lot better and it was, and, the, and it gave me something, something a lot easier to use. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay, now when someone is working on the roof, can you tell me some safety protocols? And it kind of went over some things. Then I put in OSHA safety protocols, and then it kind of nailed down a lot of the things I was looking for. Now, I know that people say that chat GPT may hallucinate. So when I did that, I actually had working in elevated locations, 
OSHA regulation right beside me. So what you want to do is if you're going to use this thing, you want to compare the answers you get to make sure that whatever information you have is actually uh, is accurate. Yes. <laughs> and I, and, and I found it to be accurate. So right. um, went on from there and then kept drilling down and I ended up with a quality inspection guide so hmm. that I could actually okay. use. So it, it, it does have its is usefulness. One of the things I did find that as a limitation to ChatGPT was that the documents that it pulled from have to be publicly available. If it was something that was copyrighted or restricted in any way, it might give you some boilerplate information on the on those publications, but it won't give you exact information because I think its programming kind of restricts it from doing too much of that. And that's been one of the things that I have been very curious with. So I've actually been experimenting with that a little bit because we always talk about, well, what is the potential for plagiarism? So if we take an original copyright material and we copy the entire thing, say we have a small book, say we have a follow-through book, a small descriptive book, and we copy everything and then we paste it back into ChatGPT and ask for it to summarize or ask for it to rewrite, it will spit out a completely different version of the material that was inputted. So if we're looking for material and we find something that appears very similar to an original copy, how can we validate if it was actually a ChatGPT content that has been from an original work. Repurposed in a way, you might say. Exactly. Well, I would say at this point, unless you have access to the original document, mm -hmm. it's, it would be virtually impossible from, from my perspective. Because now you have programs, I think, that are available now that could actually um, tell if something appears to be AI written. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how much faith I have in that simply because say they AI did write this thing. You could pull this document up in Word and you can make some similar word changes and do some reformatting. Now this is your own stuff. Exactly. Now, now at that point, does that program know that AI wrote this? I'm not exactly sure because at that point you've altered the AI's writing. Exactly. So, so you know, I think even though you have software applications that can kind of figure it out, I, I sort of think mm -hmm. humans have a way of getting around things. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've actually done a little bit of a test on, on ourselves to see if it actually worked here at ESCO. So we had a material that we were curious it was submitted to us and we were curious, is this an original writing or is this a writing that was generated through ChatGPT? And interestingly enough, we were able to copy the material, put it into ChatGPT and ask the question, did ChatGPT create this content? <laughs> and it was actually confirmed by ChatGPT that it had created the content. Yeah. So That's it's... Very interesting. It's very intriguing to be able to look at, you know, a, an AI product that can recognize a difference between an AI generated product and a human generated product. Wow, that is that is something. But yeah. but I, I think in in the bigger sense of things, 
I think what you're going to see in our industry is that you're going to have companies that have products. And what they will do is that instead of you reviewing a bunch of service manuals, building code specifications and a variety of ASHRAE documents and a variety of other things to make a technical determination, you're just going to have a prompt. And all this stuff is just going to be preloaded for that particular system. And you're going to ask it certain questions. And it's going to just, without doing a whole bunch of extra research, just tell you what you need to know. I yeah. think that's where this whole thing is going. And I think I believe so. that's where it would make sense. Because, yeah. it's, you know, one of the things that I've been involved with as a building inspector is plan review. Plan review is very tedious and it's very um, time consuming. But there, all the information is there. You just have to find it. Mm -hmm. so and you have, true. You, you have to look at building codes. You have to look at international mechanical code. You have to look at the drawings. You have to look at ASHRAE standards. But what if all that was kind of built in and you just centralized? Asked, yes. And you just mm -hmm. asked a certain question about a, a, a mechanical requirement in a certain space. And it gives you your options. That would save a lot of time and it would probably cut down on the human area of it too. And I think that's where chat GPT or any type of AI program is going to make a difference in the HVAC industry. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that I anticipate seeing AI involved with is building automations. So I was a mobile engineer. I did building automations, refrigeration, HVAC, all of these combined inputs that are already existing in structures. Well, what if you have a AI generator that is sorting through these inputs and looking at the outputs compared to analytics that it already has. And you know, I did a podcast a while back. The the topic was Hello House. You know, you approach a home or structure and we don't know how the house is responding. We have to use tools to analyze and come up with our own calculations. Well, what if a building was powered by AI and you walked up to the AI controller and said, Building, how is your system performing today? And it could analyze inputs and outputs versus original programmed content and actually respond based on inputs. Sort of like Star Trek. Isn't it crazy to think? <laughs> yeah. You, you would have never thought that it would get to that point, but we're only about maybe a year or two from that right now, I believe. I believe that as well. I believe we are approaching that. As far as, you know, the, the industry, I, I don't think it's anything that anyone needs to be afraid of, but it's Absolutely. like any other technology. And one of the things that I stress during, you know, in my, you know, time as a college professor, if you don't embrace technology, it's going to impair your ability to stay employed. And it's also going to impair your ability to progress in your trade. Give you an example. When I first became a building inspector in the 19 late 1980s, early 1990s, I had a Polaroid camera that would, you would, I would go out on the job site and I would take the pictures of, of, of what I saw and I had to lay all the pictures out so they wouldn't blow away. Sure. And they had to dry. And then I had a three-ply copy of my inspection report and paper clipped all that together and I tossed that in the supervisor's tray and that was my um, building inspection. Now, all that's gone now. You know, all that techno mm -hmm. technology has done away with all exactly. that type of thing. If people who remember or, or want to participate in that level of 
building inspection probably wouldn't be employed right now. Everything's That's on a exactly tablet right now. Right. You don't, you don't even have a lot of paper drawings at this point. A lot of the drawings are actually scanned into your tablet. So, so technology has completely changed my um, career. But I've always embraced it, though. So I've always enjoyed using technology in my trade. So it was, you know, something I enjoyed doing. But I found people who didn't embrace technology typically either they stagnated their growth in their trade or they didn't stay employed in their trade. That's exactly right. Well, Donald Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, very much appreciate the opportunity to learn more about ChatGPT. Hopefully we can do another broadcast when, when, a, when an application is developed that can really be a big benefit to our trade. We can kind of share it with everyone and get everybody on board with it and basically um, try to move the industry forward into AI. I love it. I got my uh, attention and I am all aboard. Well, thank you so much and You're have welcome. a wonderful day. You're welcome. Thank you.